Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Firestop. I'm your host, John Zalepka. Our show, if you're not aware, is focused on life safety and code compliance in the built environment, which puts me on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space and get their unique perspectives. Our hope is that our listening audience walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. Our show is always brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. And since 1990, STI has been a leading global provider of innovative fire protective solutions that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. And our guest today is extremely familiar with such topics. Sharon Halpert is the owner of Halpert Life Safety Consulting, a leading provider of fire related life safety and passive fire protection solutions. And Sharon has been involved in multiple aspects in the passive fire protection industry for what, well over 15 years at this point. So as a successful woman in a traditionally male-dominated industry, she is truly a pioneer, and we are thankful to have Sharon. Welcome, Sharon. Thanks so much, John. It's great to be on. I love what you're doing with this. Well, I appreciate you saying that. So um, I don't know if you've listened to the show, but we always start on a personal note rather than jumping into the whole business of things. And while I was doing my research for this episode, I noticed that you are a let's say, a habitual volunteer. So I've seen uh, that you've done a number of things, in, including uh, some things for children in uh, Nassau, Bahamas. So where does your passion for helping kids or giving back come from? And what was that, uh, Santa's Helper? Yeah, so I was working on a multi-billion dollar project in the Bahamas, and they actually have an orphanage. And so I was literally walking around on my job site with the guys that I know that would be amenable and said, hey, what are you doing for charitable giving for Christmas? And a lot of them kind of looked at me funny. I was like, well, just give me a hundred bucks and I'll and I explained to them what I was doing is I I went out and got a list of all the Christmas presents that the orphans had on their list. And my mission was to buy everything on the list. And then I coordinated with United because they were able to give me free baggage, like two free bags. So I had big duffel bags that I carted back and forth um, for two different trips. And with the support of the people on the team, we were able to give every single orphan what they had on their Christmas list. And then the wow. following year, we did something that was a really interesting combination. It was supporting Haitians in the Bahamas. And it was a Jehovah's Witness minister and a Catholic priest that got together and did amazing things to support the community, to reduce the impact of AIDS and violence and uh, domestic violence predominantly on women and children. Um, it was a really amazing mission. So that was our second Christmas option. Wow, that's cool. So have you, are you still doing uh, some volunteer work in the Bahamas? I imagine that volunteering in the Bahamas in December has some advantages. <laughs> well, actually, I was involved in a project out there. It was a $4.2 billion project, and we were blessed to have STI as our predominant Firestop purveyor. So we had, I think, over 300 engineering judgments, so we kept your team quite busy. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I've done my fair share of volunteering. I mean, different pro nonprofits here or there. In fact, you and I met because I volunteered to do a presentation for you for some fire protection engineers. Do you remember that? No. Remind you me. You don't. You're not supposed to say no. This is live television. <laughs> but <laughs> be honest. When was this? This was, oh, geez. I mean, it's got to be going back to 2014 at this point. And, you know, it was funny it's jumping in there, helping you out. I know that you are always doing presentations to try to push the, the industry forward and educate people. So, I, I mean, I've, I've even heard you say once or twice that um, 
you know, that you love teaching. I mean, where does, where does that passion come from for the teaching? I started teaching when I was 12 years old. Our community sort of adopted two Cambodian families, um, like the, from everything from the kids, the parents, the grandparents. They put them out in a house for, I forget now if it was a year or two years, got them job training, English training. And my, my mom's sister was the local ESL instructor. And the two of them got together one day and said, wouldn't it be great if we had kids teaching kids English? And just like that, I dragged my best friend and myself into ESL classes. And that was when I started teaching. And I absolutely love it. I used to teach kindergarten in Japan. So it was awesome. I was always the tallest person in the room. And <laughs> now that, that past of teaching children really influences how I teach building codes. So a lot of times I have people telling me, why is your class so different? And it's predominantly because of my background as a teacher. Because what we manage to do in the training classes is animate the building codes and turn the fire test standards into stories. And then with those two pieces, we help people see how that should impact what they do in the field when they're building or designing a project. I mean, that's awesome. And that's so important to, like we said, life safety and code compliance, all the teaching um, people how to install, how to inspect and things like that. I mean, I used to tell people a big part of my job was teaching people how to read. You know, obviously we're talking about UL systems, uh, but there's just so many different aspects to fire stopping that, that you're involved in, right? Not, not only the inspections, quality control, value engineering. Uh, how do you oversimplify what you do for a living? If I, if I would say that I teach people how to read, you know, UL systems, how can you oversimplify kind of what you're doing? I help people build better. And, and it's critical because not everybody wants to build better. And when I wind up on one of those teams, I'm seen as a pain in the butt. And those aren't, that's just not a good fit. And I'm really blessed right now. I have two project teams, one in South Jersey and one, I have a non-disclosure, so I can't really say a whole lot about it, but it's a, a hotel chain and they really, truly want to do things right. So when we were talking about, oh, well, here's an issue that nobody had noticed and yeah, when they ran the numbers, it's going to be one and a half million dollars to remediate the issue. And without blinking an eye, they said, I guess we're doing it. It wasn't what they wanted. It's not what anybody wanted, but it's nice to be on a project team or actually now two project teams where I don't have to worry about shoot the messenger. Sure. It's always important to get involved as early as possible pre-construction meetings, obviously. And, you know, I see from your portfolio of projects that you're on everything from the, let's call it the basic stick built project to, uh, like you said, the $4.2 billion project. Are you allowed to name that by name? Uh, that was actually the project in the Bahamas. That was Bahamar. Bahamar. Okay. And you were on site a lot for, for that one as well? Every other week. Yeah. Wow. And did you do any of your inspections uh, remotely at all? Is that Not something that you see happening? No, it's not something that I would be willing to do because there's small idiosyncrasies that you see when you're in the field that if you look at it from this angle versus that angle, you see it or you don't see it. And for fire stop inspection, I don't, I don't think I would be comfortable doing remote, not even okay. for quality control, but certainly not for the ASTM standard required special inspection tests. Sure. Do you happen to know? I mean, because I know that there's that special inspection for fire stops in the IBC ever since 2012. Do you see remote inspections happening at all or a, a portion of them maybe? I've heard some people are willing to do that, um, but I, I just don't see for myself how I could get that comfort level. But okay. you know, to each their own. 
Nah, I mean, hey, understandable. And if the project's in the Bahamas, I can volunteer to help you out there as well. So, um, so some of the other services that you include are. I'm sorry. What was that? Be careful, because the last person that said that actually wound up on the project. Okay. Well, like I said, it's got to be um, south of Florida. How about that? All right. All right. So I was saying uh, some of the other services include safety engineering, consulting, design services. How do you help people in that regard? So the the hotel that I was talking about, um, it's an existing project. So we go through, they were able to identify that some of the, the areas that were required to have fire rated walls actually may not have been built with even type X drywall. And on areas where they require to have two hours, they may have only had, well, they definitely only had one, and it may have been less than one if it wasn't built with the Type X drywall. Uh, so we went through and helped them identify various different problems and give them a proposal for a handful of different solutions depending on what scenario they ran into in different cases. Awesome. And, and most of what you are involved in is fire stop, right? So I, but I think I've seen something about anti-terrorism, the post, can you speak on that? Or is that something you're still involved in? Um, that's sort of taken a, a sidebar at the moment, but following the attacks on September 11th, the Department of Homeland Security was created. And along with that came something called Safety Act. And it's all related to when you have an opportunity, whether it's a, a training, a, a device, a technology, so something tech related, um, then you can actually get approval through the Department of Homeland Security Safety Act office, and they can give you either a certification or a designation. And we had what they called a DTED, which is a development testing and evaluation, but we were unable to secure a project that was willing to move forward uh, with the evaluation. So that had a three-year lifespan, so that's since passed. We're still trying to get involved with the project doing the exact same thing, hoping that once we're completed, we'd be able to go back to Safety Act and get their approval, not only for our company, but also for that project that we were working on. All right. Well, there you go. There. So if you're listening and you have some needs, call Sharon. But I think it's also worth mentioning that you're a certified woman-owned business um, in New Jersey, correct? Is that where you're based, Adam? Yeah, we're located in New Jersey, uh, not far from you guys. And we are actually certified by Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, a national organization called WeBank. We're also certified by New York City, New York State, and New Jersey as well. Awesome. So where did that entrepreneurial spirit come from? Have you always wanted to be a business owner? I mean, you've had a lot of different career paths, it looks like, at this point. Well, I started in Firestop over 20 years ago, and I really fell in love with the idea that this fire stop element could have such a massive impact on the level of life safety of a building. And we were wrapping up a city center in Las Vegas, which was a $9.6 billion project where I was responsible for the quality control of all things fire stop for the entire project. And that was right around the time they were talking about adding the special inspection requirement into the 2012 building code. And when the economy tanked in 08, I decided that was kind of what I wanted to do. And that's when I, I started the business. I really had no intention of being an entrepreneur. Um, but this 
February, we'll be celebrating our 11th year in business. So that's Wow. Exciting. Congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations. And I guess I have to ask, is the grass greener? Because I see, I have seen that you've worked for some big corporate names, especially in the passive fire protection industry. Feel free not to mention any competitors, but, um, but I want to know, is working for yourself all that it's cracked up to be as opposed to working for a big company? Honestly, I think the answer to that really depends on where you focus. It's very different because you don't have the resources that you would have um, automatically available to you. However, many of the relationships that I've developed in the last 20 plus years have turned into resources. So when I have challenges on a project, I always know who to reach out to, to get answers, to get support. Um, that project in the Bahamas, I was able to reach out to some of the people on your team and we actually that was being built by a Chinese contractor. You guys actually sent a Chinese, uh, a guy from China that came in and did training for the Chinese installers. It was an awesome project. And, you know, so those resources, whether it's from STI or from any of the other manufacturers is a huge asset, not only to me as a small business owner, but also to anybody that, again, anybody that wants to do this stuff right. Yeah, and I think that's what's exceptional about you, Sharon, is that you know where to go to find the answers. You don't just make things up, right? I mean, uh, you do things that really will limit people's liability and save them money and, you know, just keep them on task for especially some of these big, big projects. So uh, kudos to you. I mean, the value that you bring to the industry is, is fantastic. Thanks, John. Yeah, you're welcome. So, all right, I'm going to give you a chance to, to do a little sales pitch right now. Why not, right? So who is your ideal client? Maybe think of them right now in your mind. And what would you say to them if you got on the elevator with them? And, and how can they get in touch with you? Um, so my ideal client is anybody who wants to do this right, whether it's a drywall contractor, a building owner, a general contractor. We have a series of what we call a Firestop Coffee Break training. So it's a whole series, depending on what topic you'd like to cover, that is a series of five to 20 minute long videos. And when you're done that series, you'll have a whole new skill set. For example, the one that we just launched is on third party special inspection of Firestop. So if you don't understand how to make sure that the individual doing that scope of work is capable and qualified, this training will not only help you better understand the requirements of the codes and the standards, but it'll also give you a form that you can use to actually document that verification. I had an old boss who said, if you don't document it, it didn't happen. And he's talking, of course, from a liability standpoint. So the training is one thing that we offer. We'd love to share that with anybody who wants to learn how to build better. We also offer a handful of options for consulting, whether it's on large scale or small scale, to help make sure that your project gets planned out properly. And when you plan things better, you can build better. And then obviously, also within a two-hour radius of our North Jersey office, we do third-party special inspection of Firestop. Awesome. So you'll have to send those links over so we can get them in there for your coffee breaks and how they can get in touch with you. What's your website? Uh, HalpertLifeSafety.com. HalpertLifeSafety.com. Awesome. So Sharon, I want to thank you very much for your time. But before I let you go, I just uh, need to know, are there any upcoming educational seminars that you're doing live and in person? I mean, I know we've been locked down for so long. And anything that you want to uh, promote uh, while you got the mic? Thanks for the opportunity. Unfortunately, right now, all of the in-person stuff that we had is just not happening. 
we do a handful of different training programs for DCA, which is the Department of Community Affairs for New Jersey. They do all the training for the building officials. So every year we submit a new training course for them. Um, so we have a handful of things and it all depends on what they decide to accept for this new, uh, this new year. And again, that's all going to be virtual. I can't wait until we're back live and in person. Same here. I know we've been trying to get some things together in our training center. I can't wait till we can make that actually happen. So that will be beautiful. And I have so many people that are looking forward to joining you guys at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to open up next year. Fingers crossed. Oh, this year. Geez, it's, it's January. Happy New Year to you. Well, I guess we could still say that it's January. <laughs> I was told that you're allowed to say Happy New Year until January 10th and it's January 10th. So we're still allowed to. There we are. So thank you so much again, Sharon, for your time today. It was great getting to know you even better. Always great to talk with you, John. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Happy New Year. Great. Happy New Year. And a special thank you to everyone out there in podcast land. Uh, we know that there's a lot of podcasts out there. You've chosen to listen to this one, and that's very humbling. So thank you very much again. And be sure to check out the show notes for some links so that uh, you can get in touch with Sharon, some of the things we spoke about today. And finally, if you do enjoy the show, uh, please be sure to share it with your friends on social media or give it a like, rating, a review, wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure to check out all the latest and greatest from STI on our website, www.stifirestop.com. And until next time, this is John Zalepka signing off with The Burn. <laughs>